Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Galatians chapter 4. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he's no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery, under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, You did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Jesus Christ himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us, so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, Are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and one by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The woman represents two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. 
At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Paul is continuing to address the issue of false leaders coming in and trying to uh, instruct the Galatian church that they must become more Jewish and more observant of Jewish laws and regulations to be good Christians. And so Paul says essentially that the written law, the Torah, is all fulfilled in Jesus. And he says it in different ways. In verse 4, we read, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption to sonship. And so a couple of things. First, this, this set time, this appointed time. In, uh, in Judaism, in the Torah, there are numerous feasts and festivals that are referred to as set times. And so Paul here is talking about another set time of much more importance. It's the time that the, the father had chosen to send his son into the world. And he goes on to say, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption to sonship. So Paul is clearly making the statement that under the Torah, they were under the law and had a relationship with God through the Torah. But now they have a relationship through the Son to God the Father that can be considered nothing less than uh, adopted sonship. So it's a much higher destiny, Paul is claiming, for us in Christ than uh, the Jews had under the observance of the Sinai covenant or the Torah. He goes on to say, we're no longer slaves, but sons. Verse 6, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Now, I want to just pause and, and talk to you for a moment. I have a very difficult time calling God the Father uh, anything other than a very lofty title like, you know, Father, uh, God, these kind of things. I have a hard time saying uh, something more intimate, like Jesus referred to God the Father as Abba, which is a a term of endearment. One day, not too long ago, I was in prayer, and I I felt the Lord speak to my heart, and I felt like what he said was was a question. And the question was, what did you call your natural father? And I was taken aback because my, my natural father, my brother, my sister, and myself always called my natural father, Daddy. And I had never dared to call God the Father a Daddy. I had considered it, I guess I considered it disrespectful, and I always wanted to respect God the Father. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to, to speak to my Heavenly Father with the same loving term of endearment I had used with my earthly father. And friends, in the, in the course of meditating on all this, I realized that although I had a good earthly father, and you may have had a good one or a bad one, I don't know, but the purpose of an earthly father is to take care of us when we're a child and then to transition us ultimately to a relationship with our heavenly father. And so my allegiance to my earthly father was there while I was a child in his house. But the higher allegiance is reserved for the heavenly father, in my case, my heavenly daddy, if you will. And I still stumble over that term. I don't want to be disrespectful of God, but I love God and he loves me and he's declared me to be his child. 
Uh, He's declared you to be his child. So we're not slaves. We're not foreigners. Paul says we're not um, under the law. We've been redeemed from the law, and we've been adopted into sonship. It's difficult to overstate the magnitude of that. But we've been selected to become children of God um, by God the Father. And Jesus, the Son of God, the unique Son of God, came so that we might be born into the, the realm of the kingdom to be his spiritual brothers and sisters forever. Paul goes on to warn about uh, Jewish observance as a way to uh, improve our relationships with the Lord. It doesn't get any better than being a child of God. So in verse 9, Paul says, But now that you know God, or rather you are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're observing special days and months and seasons and years. Now, he's talking about the Jewish feasts and festivals. Uh, By the way, I teach on the Jewish feasts and festivals. I I love them in as much as they point to Christ, but we do not observe them religiously. And by that, I mean we're not mandatory observers of Passover, Tabernacles, Pentecost, and these kind of things. We teach on Christ in the Passover, you know, Christ in Pentecost, uh, Christ in Tabernacles, and so forth. So Paul says that if we revert to observing these things in a legalistic manner, that we are uh, returning to weak and miserable forces, as he says, and becoming enslaved all over again. In verse 13 and following a few verses, Paul refers to an illness. He said because of an illness, he first preached the gospel to the Galatian church, and his illness was a trial to them. Many have alluded to this and said this is Paul's thorn in the flesh, that it was some kind of a physical malady. We don't know that. It's not tied with the wording about his thorn in the flesh. They've also pointed to the fact that he says in, in verse 15, I can testify that you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me uh, if you could have. And so this idea of them tearing out their eyes, some have postulated that this indicates Paul's illness was some type of a vision problem or something to do with his eyes. It may also have been a figure of speech in that day. Uh, you would have torn out your eyes for me could have been a, uh, an idiom saying you'd have done anything for me. And so it's not necessarily indicative of uh, the illness was an eye problem. It could have just been a figure of speech. Whatever the case, it's interesting to know that the great apostle Paul suffered from some kind of illness. And uh, maybe you've had a long-term illness, and maybe you have prayed repeatedly. Maybe your illness is still with you. Uh, Don't lose track of the fact that uh, Paul himself had an illness. Whether it was healed um, later on, we don't know. But to have an illness is not indicative of a loss of God's favor. I believe we should ask the Lord for relief from any sickness and disease, but having an illness in and of itself is not a a measure of God's displeasure. And so I just want to point us toward the Lord in this idea of being sons and not slaves. Father, I thank you that in Jesus you have adopted us into sonship. Lord, we're no longer required to fulfill the, the law or the Torah. Lord, as sons, we're not slaves to religion. We are invited to come into this deep and intimate relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we can even call you Daddy instead of our Heavenly Father. Lord, uh, meaning no disrespect, but as an expression of love, Lord, may each listener call you those terms of endearment as they spoke to their own natural father. And Lord, may each one who's listening transfer their allegiance 
from their natural father to their heavenly father. Whether they had a bad father on earth, Lord, they have a good father in heaven. We love you and we thank you, Jesus, for all of this. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.